Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. Let's deal with this subject, transformed by the Word. Transformed, say transformed by the Word. And one of my spiritual sons for that language on top of transform, uh, because I have been informed, I know what it means. Uh, that's transform for Hebrew. That's transform in Hebrew. Transform by the word. Now, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again tonight. H- how many of you are saved? Ooh, that's, that's everybody. Okay, good, good. Do you know you can be saved and poor? Did you know that? Did you know you can be saved and worry? Did you know that? You can be saved and oppressed? Did you you all know that? Did you know that you can be saved, I mean live and live saved, die saved, When you die, be with Jesus, but on earth, never enjoy the blessings of God. Did you know that? That you can live and die and never enjoy all that God had available for you. Did you know that? Let me see. Everybody say. So do you know you can be saved and sick? Even though Jesus is our healer? Did you hear me? You can be saved and worry so much that you have a nervous physical or mental breakdown and love Jesus. Did did you know that? Did you know you can love Jesus and can't pay your bills? Did you know that? Because the greatest need, say greatest, the greatest need for a person who is now born again, a child of God. You all raise your hand that you're saved. So you're born again, yes? The greatest need, not just for born again believers, but the greatest need in the world is for people to get their minds renewed. Say amen to the truth. Because You can be saved and still think like you did before you got saved. So you can be broke, not saved, get saved, and still stay broke. Nobody want to say amen. You can worry before you got saved. Get saved and still worry. Can you all handle this? You can fornicate before you got saved. Don't raise your hands on that one. Do you know you can fornicate after you get saved? Some of you, I'm looking at you, looking away from me. Because it's the truth. Do you know you can cuss? Before you got, some of you cuss before you got saved. All right. 
Some of you all cuss because you look like it. Some of you used to cuss people out. And it didn't take much to set you off. Do you know you can still cuss after you get saved? I feel like I need to preach on this side. Do you know that? Do you know you can be saved and still cuss? I'm talking about cuss somebody out. Why? Because after we get saved, the most important thing for us as Christians now is to get our minds renewed. Because when you get saved, it doesn't change your thinking. And the preacher didn't tell me that. So I thought when I came down to the altar and gave my life Jesus that it was a fix-all. So after I gave myself to Jesus only to discover I was still doing certain things, I thought perhaps maybe I didn't get saved enough. So the next time I attended service and the preacher preached a message that caused conviction, I answered the altar call trying to get saved again. Are you listening to me? People are looking at you like, didn't that boy get saved last month, last Sunday? A few months will go by and I'd answer the altar call again for salvation. Because I was searching for a salvation that would fix my mind. In turn, would fix my actions. Not realizing that when you get saved, it does nothing to your mind or your soul or your body. Are you listening to me? And so you can be saved and don't know the word of God. Just enough to get saved. Are you listening to me? In other words, let's use as an example... Getting saved is like going to the first grade. So we all got saved, we're in the first grade. But if you don't go any further, you stay in the first grade. Now there's nothing wrong with being in the first grade unless you're supposed to be in the third or in high school. And spiritually, that's where some Christians are. They, 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 uh, they, they attended the first grade, but they never moved any further in the things of God as a, as a result of study and listening to the word. And so they've been in the first grade for years because you can't grow unless you study. And so consequently, they've been around church for 15 or 20 years, still getting offended over nothing. Because they're in the first grade. When they should be in at least high school. And in the things of God, 
There is no shortcut. You can't get a GED. Are you listening to him? Nothing wrong with the GED. You just can't get one when it comes to spiritual things. You got to go to class and you have to pass and, and you can't cheat. Are you listening to me? I, I, I mean, there were some tests, and I'm, I have to use me because if I use you, you'll get mad. There's some tests I passed, but I was looking. Okay, sound like I got some cousins. There's some tests that I passed, barely passed, but I barely passed because I was looking. You know, I dropped my eraser or something or, you know, scoop my chair over or something or do something and then get mad at somebody. They didn't let me look. Am I the only one that's ever done that in school? But in the things of God, you can't cheat. And if you don't do what is necessary, you stay in the same grade. If you don't renew your mind, you don't advance, you, you don't mature. Can somebody say amen? Put up nugget number one, please. Ready? Let's read. I believe the word of God. What a powerful statement. Let's read it again. I believe. That's, that's a powerful statement. You said you believe the word of God by faith and not by sight. So that what you're saying in essence, if it looks to me like it's not working, I will not allow myself to become discouraged and quit because I'm not moved by what I see. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe, come on, talk to me. The word of God is a stabilizer. The word of God prevents you from becoming schizophrenic. The word of God guards your mind from blowing a fuse from the pressures of this world. Why? Because the pressures of this world, you don't receive it. Why? Because you're a person of faith. I'm not moved by what I see. I don't care what Washington is saying. My life is not governed by Washington, D.C. My life is governed by the third heaven of where God resides. Can somebody say amen? And God and his word are one. So if I want more of God, all I have to do is get more of his word. If I get more of the word, I'm getting more of God. Can somebody say amen to this truth? Nugget number two, please. Ready? Read. Putting off the old man or putting off the old and putting on the new man cannot be done by self-effort. In other words, you remember the illustration that I did with the young man with the... Uh, who had on a shirt and it, it had all kind of baggage from the old man. I think he had hatred on it, on him. He had lust on him and uh, what else? He had anger on him, had all kind of bitterness on him. And, and, and the Bible says, put off the old man. And you remember he took the shirt off 
and then said, put on the new man. And so we took a new sh- shirt out of, out of the bag. The, the shirt had never been taken out of the, the tags were still on the shirt. You remember that? And he took off the old and he put on the new. But let me help you here. Putting off the old and putting on the new man cannot be done by self-effort. In other words, you cannot change yourself. Changing and transformation is a work of the Holy Ghost. I know we say Holy Spirit, but, but it's the same. I like to say Holy Ghost because he's a ghost. He's real, but you can't see him. Transformation is the workings of the Holy Spirit. And he transforms us to the degree that we yield to him. Ooh, Jesus. Nugget number three. Ready? Read. Oh, man. You, you got to get this. Read it again. So you and I, we cannot change even though we know we need to change. We tell people we're gonna change. However, we don't change. We tell people we're never gonna do that again. And you give us some time and we do it again. We tell people, I'll never say that again. And you give us some time and we say it again because we in and of ourselves, we cannot make the change. We cannot change without the help of the Holy Spirit. Without his help, we cannot change. As a matter of fact, without his help, we don't know how to change. We don't know where to change. We just know we need to change. Are you listening to me? And the more we try to change in our own human effort, the more we make mistakes. The more we trust ourselves for change, the more we fail in changing. So real change only comes from the Holy Spirit, but he cannot cause the change unless we surrender to him completely. Are you listening to me? And when we surrender to him, but not completely, we do not completely change. Are you listening to me? If, if, I, if I surrender to him, I'm, oh, Lord, I, I surrender to you, but I'm only really surrendering 50%, then 50% of me is still loosed. Ooh, Jesus. And I said 50%, and I only need 3% of the 50 to cuss you out. Are you listening to me? So a complete change to the Holy Spirit only comes to complete surrender. And most of us in this room and those who are watching around the world and even in the pulpit, we all are still working 
on our percentage of surrender. And if you say, not me, then you haven't surrendered lying. Because if you watch all of us close enough, you will eventually see something. That's why I'm not throwing stones. I'm not throwing stones because I don't know when I'm going to need your mercy. Ooh, Jesus. And don't you throw stones at me. Because you don't know when you're going to need mine. And don't throw stones at each other. Because you don't know when you're going to need theirs. And it's a law. Whatsoever a man sows, that's what he'll reap. So if you, if you lend mercy, then you qualify to receive mercy. And just because my area of deficiency is your area of victory doesn't mean you're better. I want to say that again. But give me nugget number four for the sake of time. Nugget Number four, would someone please, um, Minister Troy, would you please? Thank you. Somebody's watching. Nugget number four, ready? Read. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Read it again. According to your faith, let it be done unto you. Read it again. I was driving yesterday on, on the interstate, minding my own business. Have you ever done that? Just kind of mind your own business and then God talks to you? just say something to you. So I'm driving on the interstate, heading, heading here, early in the morning. And the Lord said, if you think small, it'll be small. If you think little, it'll be little. If you think lack, it'll be lack. And then he ended he said, and if you think big, it'll be big. Just like that. That's all he said. That's all that dropped down to my spirit. So I'm driving. You know, if I think small, it'll be small. If I think little, it'll be little. If I think lack, it'll be lack. If I think it'll be hard, It'll be hard. If I'll think big, it'll be big. And I kept just going over and over in my own heart as I'm driving. If I think small, it'll be small. And the thing went off in my, in my spirit. I said, I got it, Lord. I got it, Lord. 
there's, there's some things that's been a struggle because I've been thinking too small. Ooh, Jesus. Lord, I, I'm sorry. I got off. I'm a man of faith. I believe God, and I believe big. Ooh, Jesus. You better get some folk around you who, who believe big. And I said, I got it, Lord. I, I, I got it. I, I, I'm so, I, just, just unknowingly, I started being affected by what I was seeing. And I wasn't necessarily saying anything out of my mouth, but it was, it was taking large in my spirit. And I just found myself in a place where I wasn't believing God like I should for big things. Boy, I'm talking to somebody who's watching us around the world. And I'm, and I'm looking at big things like it's hard to do. When, when it's not hard to do, it just takes faith. And so I finally realized the only reason I don't have it is because I don't have enough faith to get it. That's, that's hard because the most difficult person to deal with is yourself. But that's the person on the planet who is your biggest problem. It's not the person you're sitting next to that is your biggest problem. Your biggest problem is you. And I realized just unknowingly, I just realized that I wasn't, I wasn't as adamant and forceful about what I see getting done. And on the interstate, I had to change like I was at 5899 Raytown Road over there in Raytown, but had to believe God for this mall. And I realized the faith that I had to have to believe God for this small, hey man, that I've drawn back from that kind of faith. And so when I got on the property, I went to a place that had been staring me in the eye on this property and I said, devil, you're a liar. The same faith that God allowed me to express to believe him for this property is the same faith that I release now to that facility, to that building. And the money we need to finish that facility, it's not hard. You got to stay in faith and you have to talk faith. I don't want nobody putting their hands on our tithes and offerings who don't have a spirit of faith on them. because that'll affect your seed. I don't need nobody in the finance room who don't have a spirit of faith because that'll affect your seed. And there's nothing that God has told us to do that we're not well able to do it. Because whatever God called you to do is already done. He never gives a vision without provision. You better hear me tonight. I said, you better hear me tonight. So let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Transformed by the word. 
The most important need in our world today is a transformation of the mind. People are doing crazy things because they're having crazy thoughts. Can somebody say amen? amen. Ephesians chapter 4, quickly. Ephesians 4, look at verse number 22. That you put off concerning your former conduct. Do you see that? Stay with me now. The old man. Look up here. Do any of you remember your former conduct? You remember how you used to act, how you used to talk every day before you surrendered to God? I'm not saying, you know, everything is all right today, but what you used to do before you met Jesus, it's not every day in your life. Come on, get happy over that. Amen. I know we're not there, but thank God I'm not what I used to be. There was a time you wouldn't have caught me in church on midweek service. Look, look at this. The old man which grows corrupt according to what? The deceitful lust. And here, here we are. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and this is powerful and and holiness but but nugget number two stated that putting on the new man cannot be done by self-effort this is a trick of the enemy and this is what holds believers in condemnation he, hear me good tonight you can't have faith in God for anything if you're feeling condemnation. Condemnation will shut down your faith. So we have to be careful because we can get on a ditch on the other side. Are you listening to me? Where you feel like a nothing and a nobody. Oh, I'm just not worthy. You are worthy. Jesus didn't die for nothing. You are valuable. God didn't die for nothing, saints. You are valuable. You're valuable to God. Are you listening to me? And you may have grown up in a, in a home, in a family, where all you heard was negativism and, and, and you were spoken down to and spoken negative to, and your greatest battle today is just a healthy self-esteem. But that feeling you have did not come from God. You are precious to God. Say this with me. I am, I am precious to God. Precious to God. Say it again. Say it again. And you didn't lie. You're precious. We're precious to God. And God knew every mistake we were going to make before we ever got there to make it. And he still calls us precious. God knew everything you and I were going to do wrong, and he still died for you. Because to God, you're precious. 
And if God's, Jesus, if God's opinion of you is more valuable than anybody else's opinion, you will be instantly healed of low self-esteem based upon what somebody said who didn't like you. Or who didn't want you to be successful because they left. I'll say it again. If God's opinion is the most important opinion, Lord, to you, then whatever anybody else says that doesn't line up with God's opinion, you're well able to shake it off. I'm sorry you feel this way. But at the end of the day, brother or sister, it doesn't matter. Because to God, whose opinion is the most important to me, Ooh, Jesus. He thinks I'm precious with all of my flaws. God of mercy. Say it, I believe the word of God. Say it again. Tell somebody, I believe the word of God. Okay, we're going to find out now. Go to Romans chapter 6. Remember I said that putting on the new man cannot be done by self-effort. You remember that? Oh, Jesus. Say, I believe the word of God. Tell somebody else, I believe the word of God. If I see something in the word, I believe it. All right, we're going to find out now. Are you in Romans chapter 6? This, this is going to set you free. Look at verse number 6. This is Wednesday night Bible studies, so we're here to learn. Look at verse 6. Ready? Look at the screen. Ready? Read. Knowing this. Ha! Ha! So we're trying to do something. The devil's tricking us. We're trying to do something that's already done. Jesus did something for you and I that he knew we couldn't do for ourselves. So he did it. For us. Good God of mercy. Know this. That our old man was crucified with him. That the body of sin might be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. If I don't want to do it, I don't have to do it. And the devil can't make me. And my flesh has to shut up. So I'm walking today in not something that I have done, but I'm walking by faith in the finished work of Christ that he's already finished in my life at the cross, at the death, burial, and the resurrection. I was crucified with Christ. All of my shortcomings, 
crucified. All of my mistakes, crucified. All of my bad ways, crucified with Christ. And now my assignment is to renew my mind with the word of God so that I can think like Jesus and talk like Jesus and get the results of Jesus. And if Peter can walk on the water, so can you. Could God have only stirred my Baptist self up, half Pentecostal. In view of this truth, that the old man has already, somebody say already, already. has already been crucified with Christ. He's been crucified with Christ. He's been crucified. So all we have to do now is put on the new man by the power of the Holy Ghost. This is, this is revolutionary for somebody who's been bound. You shall know the truth. Truth will set you free. So the finished work of Christ, we have been declared. You all understand that? We have been declared righteous. We have, as Christians, as believers, we have been what? In other words, you're not righteous in your own works. You have been declared. That means somebody paid the price for the righteousness and gave it to you for nothing. In other words, you and I are not righteous in and of ourselves. But Jesus Christ paid the price for our righteousness. When he died and was buried, and when he got up, you got up too. And when he ascended, you ascended too. The Bible says that as a believer, right now you're seated in heavenly places in, come on now, and when you renew your mind to the truth of the word, it removes from your mind all of these negative thoughts about yourself and self-condemnation. We are right now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, and you're never going to be more righteous. You're either righteous or you're not righteous. And so every good thing we enjoy, we don't get it because we're good. We get it because he's good. Are you listening to me? I said, are you listening to me? Is this blessing anybody at all? So now the challenge becomes, we have to, as Christians, we have to walk equivalent to our position in Christ. That's why you live a defeated life as a believer. You're not walking equivalent to your position in Christ. If you're not walking in victory, you're not walking in your position. And condemnation or something or erroneous bad teaching has caused you to compromise your position in Christ. 
Oh, Jesus, can you handle this? To tolerate sickness in your body is to walk lower to the position that you are in Christ. If we walk equivalent to our position in Christ, all things are ours. For it gives the Father good pleasure to give us the keys of the kingdom. And know this, because you're in Christ, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven because of your position in Christ. So you're poor because you tolerate it. Can't hardly pay your bills because you think like that. This is good teaching. You're poor because it's your fault. You don't go to the right church. And if you do go to the right church, you're not listening with the intent to do. You're just a hearer and not a doer. Because if you hear the word and practice the word, there's enough power in the word to change your life. And we have proof that people sell their souls to the devil. And he promises to make them rich and he makes them rich. Come on now, it's in the Bible. He pulled that trick with Jesus. So if a person sells their soul to the devil for money, how much more will God bless you if you sell yourself out to him? I'm foolish enough to believe tonight that if I give my whole heart to God, that he will not allow the devil's children to outshine me. You mean, tell me, that's all I got to do, just sell, just sell out. Just sell out to the word. You remember, and my time is almost gone, but you all remember uh, the people that were delivered out of Egypt? Remember how God used Moses to deliver uh, the Hebrews? You all remember that? Out of Egypt? Isn't it amazing how they witness all of these miracles? They witness the 10 plagues. They watch their pastor stretch forth the staff and the Red Sea party. They got out in the desert, in the wilderness, and they watched their pastor cry out to God and God spoke to their pastor and told him what to do because the people were thirsty out there in the desert. And God told their pastor to take his rod and hit the rock. And the pastor done what God told him to do. You, you all know Pastor Moses. And he hit the rock and water started coming out of the rock. You're looking at me funny. When's the last time you seen water coming out of the rock? And, and they witnessed this miracle. Then they got to complain that they were out there and they were hungry. And they, they witnessed their pastor praying, and God caused uh, uh, manna to just fall from heaven. And, and, they, and they witnessed all of these miracles. 
Are you all listening to me? Well, let me bring it home. I mean, that, that's good, isn't it? But you got some miracles too that you witnessed. Stand up if you've witnessed a miracle in your own life with God. Look around so you can see you're not the only one. Look, look at all the miracles. I wouldn't have time to get into it, but I guarantee there's somebody standing who got a miracle because there was no food in the cupboard at one time in their life, but God provided. We don't have time, but I guarantee there's somebody standing who received a miracle who should be dead today, but they received a miracle and they're still alive. I guarantee there's all kinds. Look around. There's all look, 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 look here. Look here. The people that are standing are saying, I hear what Pastor's saying about the miracle in Egypt, but I got my own testimony about the miracles that God worked in my life. How my car kept running with no gas. Ooh, Jesus. How the Lord worked a miracle and made a way for me and my children. When in the natural, it was impossible for us to make it. But the Lord worked a miracle. Can I get 10 people to get excited over the miracle working power of God in your own life? I'm going somewhere. I know I just got a few moments left, but I'm going somewhere. But notice, please please have a seat because you make me think I'm saying something that'll spur me on. Notice, don't don't be too harsh on the Hebrews. Because after they saw those miracles, it wasn't long after that, they was making a golden calf. Dancing around a calf uh, in their birthday suit. I say that because we've got kids. Well, we've got children's church. They should be in children's church. But they were dancing around the calf naked. How do you come to that point when you've seen all these miracles? And how could you come against your pastor when you've seen all the miracles that God worked through your pastor that blessed your life? What's what's your point, pastor? The point is is that these slaves were delivered in America. I mean, these slaves were delivered out of Egypt. Did y'all catch it? I'm not going to do it again. Emancipation Proclamation was declared by Pharaoh. And they came out of Egypt, yes? But it didn't change their mind. They came out, but their mind stayed. And you and I have been brought out through the blood of the lamb. If you believe in your heart, 
and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. Spirit, born again, does nothing, say nothing, to your mind. That's why I've always said some men are too broke to be watching football and basketball all day. That, that would frustrate me personally. Sitting there watching all the millionaires and I'm sitting in my lazy boy broke. Jumping and shouting when somebody make a touchdown like I'm going to get paid. You all listening to me? What was the issue, Minister Kabuya? They came out of Egypt, but it didn't change their mind. They're saved. They're really saved. They're really born again, but they still think like a slave. I'm not going to say it again. But that's one of the major challenges that we have in this country. Is they're spending millions and billions of dollars trying to decipher why is a certain group of people who have been emancipated, how come they still can't get it together? You see, everybody who came to this country didn't come here as a slave. Only you. You are the only non-immigrant in America other than the Indian. I started to step up, but I need to stay down. You're the only group of people who are descendants of people who were not immigrants. And to be a slave, you have to think a certain way. And to be a master, you have to think a certain way. And you can't have slavery and a master of a plantation unless people, amen, play their part in a certain realm of thinking. And we've come to discover that the greatest change that were on the minds of the people of the slaves were not the physical chains. And nobody to this day has dealt with the spiritual chains. That's what I want to tell Washington. Until you deal with the spiritual chains that are on a people. And that's what I'm doing right now. And I don't need you to get mad. I need you to change. 
so that the spiritual change will fall off of your mind. And there's no white pastor going to tell you what I'm telling you. Because they don't know about change. That's why you can sit there and get happy, but you can't get free. And nobody, nobody has dealt with the spiritual change that have been on the people for 400 years. We're not picking cotton, but we still don't trust each other. We're not picking cotton, but we still hate each other. We'll kill each other before we'll kill anybody else. We're only bad in our community. You're not going across town and shooting nobody. You're just tough on 26 and prospect. You're just a bad dog when you see somebody who look like you. But I can send one man in who don't look like you and shut the whole neighborhood down. And you can't do that only in your community because of the change, the spiritual change that are still on the mind of a people. That's why even today, 90% of everything or 99.5% of everything you see when you drive home, nobody like you own it. And it doesn't bother you because of the change, the spiritual change. And I'm praying we're hard because we are getting some breakthroughs in different pockets around the country, but it hasn't hit Missouri yet. And it's got to hit Missouri because I'm here. And you're here. And God is with us. And we're not talking about division. We're just talking about whatever you got, I can have it too. Ain't nobody saying nothing but me, so I better shut it down. I'm scaring some people. God is not a man that he would lie. And I wish you could see who I really am. I'm more than a pastor, and I'm more than a pastor to you. God has placed something in me for people to come out from where they are, to come out of bondage, to come out of the land of lack and a land of not enough and move into the land of abundance. Come out of Lodabar. Let the spiritual change fall off of your mind and allow yourself on the canvas of your imagination to see a better day, if not for yourself, to see it for your children. Because you have struggled enough for everybody in your family for the next four generations. Somebody got to break out. Somebody got to break free. I said somebody got to break out. Somebody going to break out. Somebody got to break out. 
Somebody got to break out in your family. Nobody going to help anybody in your family but somebody in your family. And somebody got to break out. Somebody's got to stop being a slave in their thinking and realize that the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Daniel and Josiah and Jeremiah and Malachi and Habakkuk and Nahum, Peter, James and John and James and Steve Howe. Thank you, girl. And Steve Howe. And Steve Howe. If God will do it for them, he will do it for you. You are the deliverer for your family. Let God bless you so that you can go back and get your family. So who are you going to believe? Let God be true. And every man a lie. Turn to somebody, prophesy. If you don't want them blessed, don't, don't find you somebody else. Because you're going to say something here in a minute. And all the angels of heaven are going to get busy over the life of the person that you're prophesying to. Say, neighbor, I prophesy, I declare over your life, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man. The things, the things, the things, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. God is getting ready to do something in your life that's going to raise you to a place of blessing. And you're going to be blessed. You're going to be blessed. Blessed coming in and blessed going out. You're going to be blessed by God. The favor of God is resting on your life. You're going to be blessed to be a blessing in Jesus' name. If you believe it and you receive it, give him praise. Come on, each church. Shout in your house and give him praise. Tonight, put your finger on each temple and say tonight, I bring my thinking in line with the positive, positive, positive framework of God's word. Bless his name tonight for the word our time is gone. I trust you were blessed tonight. I trust you were blessed tonight. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We have been crucified with Christ. 
we're seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, which qualifies us for all of heaven's blessings. Amen. amen. And every heavenly blessing is yours if you claim it. So I charge every one of you tonight, stop thinking so small. And start thinking bigger. And start thinking bigger. Can somebody amen? Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.